Hello, everybody. This is Bob Mackey, your host for this episode of Retronauts Micro, and I'm here to give a little preamble that is thankfully not a disclaimer this time. I just want to fill you in on what this episode is about. So anyhow, I recently asked the great Chris Baker to come in and talk about his ultimate uh, prevailing speciality, and that is superheroes. He's Sway to Marvel stuff he used to work for Marvel now he works for Gazillion and he is the perfect guy to talk to if you're talking about superheroes aside from our friend Henry Gilbert anyhow I intended for him to come in originally to talk about 8-bit superhero games and he did exactly that but I assumed it would only take about 20 minutes of his time uh, in fact it took over an hour of his time and instead of just making this one micro I'm going to split it in half like King Solomon but without all the baby murder and I'm just going to make this two different micro episodes that'll each be a little over half an hour uh, now I know you probably want to hear this as one episode but i am in need of micro content and this is perfect and if you don't like it well i'm sorry but normally a micro episode should be around 10 minutes that was the plan and these are much 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 longer than that so i'm hoping that you will be understanding and enjoy this conversation i'm just splitting in half neatly at as neat as i can and if you stick around past the credits i've got a great surprise for you that's a little fun and i think is uh something that you'll smile at so please enjoy this episode and thanks again to chris baker for for coming out to the Laser Time bedroom apartment and recording with us. Please enjoy. everybody. Welcome to Retronauts. I'm your host for this one, Bob Mackey. Uh, today's podcast topic is it's an 8-bit superhero sampler. That's what I'm naming it for now. Uh, we'll see if that changes when I think of a real title. Uh, let's see who else is here today. Who is right here? Uh, Excelsior Bobby. This is Chris Antista. You son of a... <laughs> you stole somebody's catchphrase that he stole from somebody else. Uh, if this is anybody but uh, Stan Lee, you're stealing my bit. Uh, <laughs> hey, this is Henry it's Gilbert. It's the Usually the biggest comic book fan at a podcasting table, but maybe not today. No, you've been outclassed by our special, super special guest. Uh, in terms of comic book fan, I don't know if I would claim that, but my name is Chris Baker. CB! Uh, I, uh, yeah. Chris Hi. is living the dream, and Chris, what is your role in life uh, currently? <laughs> uh, currently, I work at Gazillion Games, the uh, creators of Marvel Heroes mm -hmm. Awesome. And I'm having Chris on this episode because he's in town, number one, but number two, he wrote a book called Wrong! Retro Games, you messed up our comic book heroes, which basically catalogs how badly retro games portray our favorite comic yep. book uh, guys and gals. Yeah. And uh, everyone else on this show is going to know way more than me because, like, in terms of comic fandom, I chose the uh, I, I chose the You Chose Poorly Cup in that I followed anime and manga, and everyone else <laughs> followed the American comics. So I'm now a skeleton watching anime, and you guys are, yeah. like, Indiana Jones watching Superman. I, so. I, not, not, I'm only, I only know most of what I know now because of wrong Chris's book mm. which is super fun uh, man the screenshots are a lovely touch um, I, I, I what I didn't most of our friends write books and don't put in screenshots can't stand it gotta and, have pictures and Chris you have a history in the games press correct yeah. can you go over uh, that yeah. just 
so we know you're qualified to talk into this yes, microphone. I was at the official U.S. PlayStation magazine from 2000 to 2004. Nice. I had some of those awesome demo discs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did enjoy them. I take it you pressed there, all of maybe those yourself. You opened the magazine and sometimes and saw my picture there. <laughs> no, all the time. I read those things cover to cover. <laughs> and yeah, so a lot of this comes from Chris's book. A lot of this comes from my own memories. But I do want to go over kind of like the most notable NES superhero games and just how uh, how they're mostly bad and how really just in in general even if they are good they're not uh capturing the essence of these superheroes they're kind of just like it's another game but you're playing as batman or it's another game but you're a ninja turtle for the most part and i did want to start with superman uh, 1987 a chemco game Ugh. and i'm going to start off by saying this and no one is allowed to comment on this on the retronauts blog or neogaf or whatever i'm going to say this is the dark souls of superman games <laughs> yeah. now everyone drink and i want to say this because uh this game was baffling to me as a kid my friend yeah. uh, adam had it and i believe he would just sit down with this game for hours just trying to figure out how it worked like nothing makes sense hitboxes don't function as they should there's like a billion superpowers you have to pay to fly yeah and uh, Chris Antista you and I believe Brett and probably Henry too you streamed Superman for the we, NES we did I also made a video that with the help of your book called uh, I think it's like stupid things Superman does in games it's great Great video. Because there's there there is a couple cases of him what needing to be kissed to kiss Lois Lane to get yeah, his life back. He and kisses Lois Lane uh, to in the Atari twenty six hundred game. Yeah, which yeah. is barely like anything. Like it is right. four colors of splotches, no sound. <laughs> she does move her leg in the air, <laughs> which at the time actually was kind of an innovation. There yeah. weren't really games that had character animations. So you can only make out like a stick with a pillbox head. <laughs> well, I think it was also like wasn't it the first game that paused. Wasn't it the first? <laughs> uh, yeah, it did a lot of like. It's the first, first superhero game, things. right? Yeah, Superman, Period. and it's also the first game that ever came out around the time of a movie. Mm, right. Wow. But yeah. as but, far as the NES game goes, what what movie is this based on? Because there's like Zod <laughs> in it at times, and I, I believe it's tied into Superman Two. Maybe like what is the story behind this NES game? Is it like relevant to any movie or Superman product in existence? It is obviously inspired by Superman Two. Okay, Two. That's mm. right. But it's not like a Superman 2 video game. No. <laughs> and I have to say this, Chris. Like, your book gave me context for this game that explains everything. So, I mean, it's an NES game, an early NES game from 1987. Everything is very squat, very cute. And I'm like, I saw the character designs in your book, and I'm like, oh, I totally get what this is. This is like the gag manga version of Superman. Because if you look at the back of the Japanese box, which mm-hmm. I found online, you can see a normal Superman turning into a squat-like manga character. So that's the entire premise of this game. I think in Japanese, it makes more sense. Like This is sort of like a weird parody send-up of Superman, where it's like kind of like a humorous take on Superman, which I don't, I don't think was communicated at all in no, the American it's version. It's definitely lost in translation. It's like mature Absolutely. Superman is on the cover, but then when you start the game, it's like Chibi, Statue of Liberty is talking to you and telling you what to do and telling you you are Clark Kent as if you didn't know. Yes, and if you get hit enough, you become Clark Kent as if you're Arthur in Ghosts and Goblins. Exactly, yes. Your your suit falls off. Well, you have to go to like the shipping, uh, the the shipyard to fight the Chinese gangs, it's, and it's crazy. And then they turn into ghosts, and and you do have to take the subway. So getting around <laughs> yes. is the hardest part. Like because the game doesn't want you to fly everywhere. There's certain places only accessible. By, with Superman, it's a via the subway. It's a very Japanese point of view. Like, of course you'll take the train to go to the next part and of Metropolis. Just, Why just, wouldn't you? It's a jarring sequence because he's so much smaller yes. than everybody on the subway. Yes, <laughs> everyone else on the subway is a good two feet, <laughs> and he reaches he their their shins at the They're most. They're like I normal think. size. They're yeah. like you know they, they have like normal people. 
uh, dimensions and and Superman does not. Yeah, it makes it makes no sense. Um, man, what what else was it? Well, and he climbs movie? ladders. Like I, that's uh, my, that's yes. what you're ruining my Superman stupid things he does in video games. <laughs> Superman climbing yeah. ladders is like the most the most wasted sprites I can possibly think of. <laughs> it is so unnecessary. And yeah, <laughs> that he changes back to Clark Kent when he takes enough damage. Mm-hmm. So that like ruining his secret identity. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, I think the cover does of the American it's version just sells you. This is Superman. Like this is mm-hmm. the Superman you see in comics. It's, I believe it is like classic uh, art they get out of like the de- design book. For the, there's this amazing thing of just it was an internal document at DC in the early 80s mm-hmm. of this is how you draw every character yeah. and and it's where they get if you see licensed pictures of DC heroes and they look like they're from the early 80s like they look kind of retro they're straight out of that book because the character designs are just perfect yeah. and so it, it's it's out of there too but in the case with all of the games we're going to talk about today, they all are a lie. Like, the cover yeah. lies to you. A they, total, complete lie. Some of the best box art that and most deceitful. Yes. It's, and it's cruel. Superman rarely flies in this game. Like, it's sort of like a fast travel option you have to unlock, I believe. And mm-hmm. instead of flying, like, I think just everybody just jumps 30 feet in the air yep. for no reason. Even Clark Kent just, yeah. just jumps Everyone like can a thousand jump feet in the air. At least five times. It's like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon almost in I, terms yeah. of like the wire foo happening. The only way I can explain this game is the name Chemco. Yeah. Because they have been in charge of some of my favorite characters ever and made the absolute worst, the biggest abominations ever. Are we talking about Crazy Castle, Chris? Crazy, Castle, Crazy Castle, Roger Rabbit, Donald, the Donald Duck game. Like, yeah. they're all disgusting. <laughs> they're all my, like, I don't know. Superman's my favorite superhero because he was the first one I ever knew about. And I grew up when the movie was coming out. In doing research on this, I found out that the Japanese version's music is based on the original soundtrack, mm. where the American version's music is, they just took music from another Kemco game. Oh, really? So I think, oh. like, there was no concern over rights at this time or anything. So they were like, uh, maybe we shouldn't do this. Let's play it safe. But in Japan, it was like, who cares? No one yes. will ever play this. No one's so. going to fly over to our country and tell us what... <laughs> Let's yeah. use the John Williams music and and is it John Williams for yeah. Superman? Yeah. yeah, and like who cares? But I imagine that would cost like millions today to even get away with that. I mean, I would bet in the late '80s they were starting to get the idea of like, wait, no. this is licensing. Like somebody could. I sue bet us. no. Yeah, nobody ever asked. I I just happened to have beaten uh, Ghostbusters too. Oh, Jesus and that uh, Jackie yeah. Thomas, your love is lifting me higher. Song is very much chip tunified in the final level, nice. and I'm I am sure nobody asked permission. Just like in uh, Wayne's World had Bohemian Rhapsody. Did it really? The game version. Yes, oh, really? and I don't the... think Queen got a penny of that of that <laughs> SNES MIDI money. That's why you can't buy that game now. Well, yeah. Meanwhile, like good old games can re-release those Disney games because Disney is the interactive just says. And yeah, we no, I have a whole video explaining why those exist. It's mm, it's yeah. only different in that they made PC ports no one's ever heard of, ah. and they dumped the PC ports onto GOG because you you can never play this on consoles. Like how people got Final Fantasy 7 or Sonic CD because not, they had the PC version. Not necessarily, but when you do a ROM, like a, a straight up ROM dump uh, on a PC, you don't have to go through certification, ESRB, uh, QA. It'll... N- It'll never be on consoles. Like there, yeah. no one's gonna pay to ha- have that game shipped up for consoles. But yeah, that's mm. the Superman game. So bad. An like Superman's never had a good game, and that isn't even the worst Superman game. No, I, by far it's not. I mean, not I, even the third worst. And as bad as it is, and maybe Chris might agree with me on mm. this, I feel like it's like a very ambitious game yeah. for yeah, being. I would um, definitely agree with that. I mean, like so many powers are represented, and it's funny, like. 
they're they they understand people made this game. They understand they're not very good at making games. So in, even in the instruction book, it's like, yeah. well, uh, I have X-ray vision. Why can't I see through buildings? Oh, uh, yeah, Lex Luthor lined all the buildings with lead, so you can only use <laughs> X-ray vision to see really? invisible enemies. Yeah, X-ray vision is only for seeing invisible enemies in this game. Far? And Lex Luthor, by the way, looks kind of like Popeye. Yeah, like uh, <laughs> like. Uh, like pot, like a chibi Popeye is yeah. what he looks like in this game. From space, isn't the right? graphics are wretched and awful, like sub SMB one Super Mario Brothers one. But mm-hmm. if you like the the image of in your book of the original character designs are actually very cute. Like I would watch an yeah. anime of like chibi mm-hmm. Superman and his adventures. <laughs> yeah. It's very very cute. But they just couldn't get a guy to draw those as, as sprites. It just it's it, pretty it bad. It starts off so well with the a, a, a cutesy Superman standing next to a cutesy uh, Statue of Liberty. Like that's beautiful. Like I actually love that shot and it's just all downhill from there you know? and i'll say too when i was a kid i played this game and the idea that it was bad never crossed my mind uh, really. yeah i yeah. mean i agree i mean i thought i was like am i just stupid this game is too complicated for me maybe when i get older i'll appreciate superman nes i, I had but... the same thing with one of the other games on the list but yeah th- this one i didn't play until a, a year ago and i was just my mouth was agape yeah. what is this why but chris i believe like one of your roles as like a marvel uh li- is a marvel correct uh, I work at Gazillion. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I mean your former once. your former role. I'm sorry, yes. was the Marvel liaison sort of to make sure everything was right, yeah. which is where this book sort of came from, right? Chris has exactly. actually filled out all his credit hours at like Geek University. Yes, exactly. Like, like Lucas Arts, Star and, Wars as well. Yeah, at Lucas Arts. But yeah, but I mean, your job was to make sure like, oh, this has to be correct. Yes. this has to be like mm-hmm. canonical. But in this game, like, even they don't get, they don't get the name of the Daily Planet right. right. It's <laughs> Daily Planets. It's Daily Planets. <laughs> I mean, there was not a Chris Baker figure to be to like smack their hand. Where were in 's probably a child so he couldn't have stepped in <laughs> no. but yes so that was Superman I do want to talk about uh, the uncanny X-Men which is 1988 <sighs> as someone who only discovered the X-Men in the 90s I feel like they really took off for my generation with that cartoon I feel yeah. like I didn't even know what the X-Men were mm-hmm. at, well, in 88 so the X-Men the history of the X-Men was they were unpopular in the 60s they were like the le- uh, low level B book for Marvel in the 70s but then in the early 80s, it started to ramp up in popularity, but it was still never like it was a it didn't even get to be a monthly book until like 83 or something. And then by the 90s, it had become the hottest book at Marvel because I think partially because it got to be away from the major books that the more protective editors were in charge of. Mm-hmm. So they hired it also became the book where the superstar artists were on. I was going to ask about that, like the pre-image rock star artists that mm. kind of made books into what they yeah. were. If they if they weren't Todd McFarlane on Spider-Man, all the other, or Eric Larson, pretty much every other image founder came through an X book. Jim Lee, Mark Silvestri, Rob Liefeld, uh, Wiles Portacio, I forget how to pronounce the name. They they all came through. The no, no, no one will call you out. <laughs> so they, they, all, they all came through the mutant books and so 
by 91, X-Force and X-Men had launched with number ones and they had become some of the highest selling books of all time. The comic book bubble was expanding. It would certainly never burst. No way. It'd only get bigger. Uh, and then at the same time as that happened, then Marvel makes a deal for uh, with... Um, uh, no, I was going to say Saban oh. to make the cartoon. Uh, Saban. Uh, but and then the but right before that, they make the deal for the Uncanny X Men game. And if you look at the cover, it's like the '89 X Men. It's right before they become the blue and gold superstars of mm-hmm. that Jim Lee redesigned yeah. in X Men Number One, right, yeah. Rick ba- Mr. Baker? I I would agree with that. Yeah, uh, an interesting kind of thing. I actually just noticed doing my own kind of re-research to <laughs> remind myself of all the stuff I wrote a year and a half ago. Uh, I identified as 1988 in the book. I looked on Wikipedia. It says 1989, but the the copyright date is 88. Mm. The, the the actual cover and back say 88. I think. Uh, do I you think, do you have a good resource for like NES dates? Because everybody's wrong. It's all on over the, the internet. Yeah, like, there's I mean, no resource. Yeah. Very few things have definitive uh, dates. I think like that's the, the thing. The movies from the 30s have definitive yeah. dates. <laughs> I mean, it was a big deal when Sonic 2 came out. Like, we need a street date. Mm. We need a, t- a date. People will pick this up. That like Mortal Monday. Yeah. These like in the early 90s, that was the first time they were like real street dates that people yeah. could like set their watch to. Though I did love that in the. Uh, this is a. A little bit of a tangent here, but I did love that in the um, Console Wars book where they talk about how it was like, it's Sonic Tuesday, but then Sega of Japan was just like, yeah, we're putting it out three days early. <laughs> and they have to just say like, the like the president of Sega of America was just like, fine. <laughs> just And they, they had to act like it was no big deal, even though it ruined their the world international was, launch date. The world was a lot smaller than even even yeah. like 20 years ago. But yeah, I, I believe 88. Like Again, that cover is so like old x-men to me yeah yeah. but it was also like such a lie to me like that was when i realized video game covers lied to me because i i became a big comic book fan in like 91 or 92 and that was one of the first like comic book games i rented was Mm -hmm. was uncanny (laughs) x-men and i was like well this cover tells me i'm gonna play the comic book will come to life of course i'm sure retronauts has done plenty of look into ljn Yes, in fact, Chris, you helped us with Brett a few years ago on the Jaws yeah. Friday the 13th episode, and we found out LGN stands for Louis J. Norman. Louis J. Norman, video, video game, game extraordinaire. Yes. You need a video game? I am there. Oh, and like, me, I like, it's, it's, it's let's just not. <laughs> that, I've never it, heard that, but that's amazing. Because every one of their box covers is astonishing. Yes. And every single property they have are my favorite things from that year. This Freddy Krueger, Jaws, Jason... Yeah. Uh, Back to the Future and Roger Rabbit, everything ruined. And it's all everything. contracted out to just random development houses. A, this was made Back to the Future. Just gets a child in Australia. Yeah, like a, a teenager. <laughs> yeah. This is uh, this is uh, like some studio named Pixel who only made garbage made this game. <laughs> but um, this is the last interactive entertainment game which oh. we covered in uh, that episode you were on, Chris. Yeah. And there was like oh, Back wow. to the Future, Jaws, uh, and Friday the Thirteenth, maybe mm-hmm. a few more. But Acclaim bought LGN shortly afterwards. If you want to know what their like credentials were mm-hmm. or how valuable they were. But this game, I didn't play much of it. It was never available when I was a kid, but it's like, okay, you have six mutants, but three shoot and three punch. That's your variety. And using their powers de- depletes their health because that's how <laughs> mutants work, I guess. And they brought that into there's, the There's game. so much wrong with this game. Actually, starting with the name of the game. What yeah. is the official name? Just the, the Uncanny X-Men? I think. Okay. Because <laughs> uh, that's what's on the cover. But if yeah. you look on the side, it's X-Men. Mm. If you boot the game up, it's Marvel's X-Men. I see. Mm. There's like... 
three different names you could uh, call this game. A lot of uh, online resources call it Marvel's X-Men because they're going off of emulators and they don't have the, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They don't have the actual box, but uh, I always go with the thing that's on the front of the box. The uncanny the X-Men. Name. Yeah, and this this game has some cool features that aren't really taken advantage of. Like, there's a level select, but it's mm-hmm. not like a cool, like, Dr. Wily choose your robot master mm-hmm. thing. It's just like a black menu with white text, like you're choosing, like, a, like Chinese takeout or something. Yeah. Like, Subscribe I want level computer. two. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, and each character is basically like a, a pixel square, yeah. like yes. a different pixel square. They can't do anything, but then uh, when they use their powers, it only hurts them, which... Any like person who's read one X Men comic knows Wolverine's power is to heal, heal, not be hurt. And using your claws, the coolest thing hurts, and that is hardly the last X Men game to do that either. But the claws are just like a little, like a flash of an equal sign. Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> it's like if four they're even pixels. there, yeah. I, I think it's debatable whether I could uh, be thinking of the solo Wolverine there. game. But it's the same principle. He's hurt every time he uses his claws. Yeah, yeah. and and that game. I do remember, oh, I remember my friend Earl unwrapping it at a Pizza Hut birthday party. And I'm like, man, you got to let me borrow that as soon as you're done with it. One week. One week later, <laughs> here you go. And uh, like, Don't give it back. The You'll only know. character you can play as is, is Nightcrawler. Because Nightcrawler's ability is to like break the game, yeah, and go and like move through the level. Uh, he bamps around. He bamps around yeah, it's and all like about walls because it's a top-down like it's it's almost uh, like Smash TV or whatever yeah. a little bit, but it yeah. way worse, way like a, worse. It's like a kind of gauntlet, yeah, which yeah, is kind of X Men Legends, and and yeah. <laughs> everybody <laughs> loves X Men Legends. So why are they like this? They eventually figure it out, but yeah, again, it's another Louis J Norman signature game that is uh, best forgotten. <laughs> another, uh, welcome. Another... I think Jaws could be the only good. <laughs> Friday the 13th is okay. Another interesting thing about the level select you mentioned is that you can play every level that's listed there and not beat the game. What? (laughs) (laughs) Because there is a secret code that unlocks Magneto's level, which is the actual last level of the game. And you have to know the secret code. How do so you, you find can't out access it through like normally yeah. playing? No. Jesus. Wow. Uh, yeah, I I don't know how. Weird. I don't know how you would have known. It's kind of like in Castlevania too, where you have to equip the the jewel and then kneel at that one yeah. certain spot. Yeah. In the Genesis game, which I think is probably not very good, you have to reset the Genesis to uh, actually beat the game. I think yeah, there's like a weird your mind. It, like a Metal Gear kind of twist, but this yes. is, this is not not at all similar. I'm uh, thinking it. somewhere no. within like four feet of us, I have the original poster that came with that game. I mean, uh, great graphics, great poster. It's an amazing poster. So, yeah, I'd say the the worst sin that Uncanny X Men commits is that. There are lots of other bad comic book games, but they at least recognize, like, you're paying for this to see these colorful characters and control them, and you want to see them, like... There, there were bad, there were bad X Men games on the Genesis, but they at least looked like their yeah. characters, and they did their stuff. Like Gambit did Gambit stuff. Here, they're just ugly stamps on the screen, <laughs> yeah. so you don't even get the enjoyment it, of seeing them. It's pretty and hideous, it, and it's just like that, like Captain America and the Avengers, the Data East NES port. At least it only squanders the potential of Captain America. The X Men <laughs> game uh, sullies five people <laughs> yeah. uh, for no reason. Yeah, like how is this like in terms of the lineup? How is this different than the uh, Konami arcade game, which would come a few years? later? Uh, Later. Mm. Well, the Konami arcade game takes it takes it directly from the failed pilot Pride of the X. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so, boy, I'm Wolverine. And I'd say that's the early. Uh, it's an amalgamation of early '80s uh, X Men lineups because you got 
uh, Cyclops leading the newer class of, of the uh, the giant-sized X-Men. Uh, but then this one kind of is a mashup of those in that you've got the leftovers from the 70s, but I think there's... It's a solid cast. Yeah. yeah. Is there like Dazzler or... There's no Dazzler. No Dazzler. Okay. Uh, Colossus, <laughs> Nightcrawler, Iceman. Uh, you know, it, it's all Storm. They're all like real yeah they're the X-Men. ones who kind of stuck yeah, around the, as the more popular the ones X-Men. You, you care about they're the core ones you definitely want like and who were alive at the time in the comics too. and storm has a cool mohawk on the cover uh, i love Not cl- I, yeah i love her mohawk era like she that was a really good time for storm first she lost her powers mm. and then shaved her head and she still beat cyclops to lead the x-men when she was powerless and then she got her powers back and kept her mohawk for a little bit and that was one of the better parts of x-men apocalypse that she got to keep like it was mohawk storm in the mm. film too so so there was a wolverine game i'm not sure of the year on that maybe chris uh, knows but i don't yeah. know if it was any better or if it was taking advantage of like sort of the wolverine ma- i feel like wolverine was like taz in the 90s where it was like <laughs> the coolest cartoon character ever oh, like, I, I will badass. actually this, heck. You know, I got into X-Men through the cartoon. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The cartoon me too, me too. made me want to play these two games. Yeah. I played Wolverine first. I played through it. I beat it's it. It's just a side scroller, though, right? Uh, it just is just a side, a side scroller. scroller. Yeah. yeah. And you do pop your claws and you lose like three bars of health. You collect cigars to power uh, up. I, I hope no, you, you, co- you collect hamburgers. Oh, thanks. And sense. sodas. <laughs> It's like Phoenix, right? All of a sudden. <laughs> I like the music in this game for some it's reason. It's beautiful yeah. music. And I actually, you know, from a gameplay perspective, the uh, do I just punch them normally or do I lose health to punch them with my claws is actually a, a good system mm-hmm. yeah. that, that kind of works from a gameplay level. It just does not represent the character well at all. Yeah, I also remember that like the sprite of him swimming is so like <laughs> weird looking. Awkward, it's like doing yeah. like a bullfrog kind of like. It's one of the few things game. Wolverine can't do. Yeah. Is that yeah, true? Does he sink? He's made of adamantium metal. He's okay. heavy as shit. He sinks. I didn't know that. Okay. So and, our- and I will say also about the Uncanny X-Men, that is literally the very first game I ever played where I was like, this is bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is a bad game, and yeah. I don't like it. I'm going to stop it, and I'm going to take it right back to Blockbuster. <laughs> I feel like I dodged a bullet because I was like, these X-Men sound so cool, but no one will rent me this game. So I feel like this, somebody was looking down at me, some guardian angel was like swatting it off the shelf <laughs> and like pushing me towards Bubble Bobble or something Get like Mega that. Get Mega Man 3. Do that instead. <laughs> yeah. You like Mega Man. So that was the first half of our superhero sampler. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, the next one will be up in about a month. So please look forward to that. And before I go, I did want to play the clip that I mentioned at the beginning of this episode. And it comes from one Eric Nagel from It's Eric Nagel Show on Sirius XM Radio. It turns out that Eric is a big fan of Talking Simpsons, my other podcast. And we recently got into touch with him. And we're on a show to talk about Talking Simpsons. And it was there that he let me know he's also a big fan of Retronauts, and he listens to Retronauts regularly, so hi, Eric, if you're listening. And uh, recently he had uh, Breaking Bad's Aaron Paul on his show, who played Jesse Pinkman. He's also in a lot of other stuff. And uh, Retronauts somehow entered the discussion, and it's not really a conversation about Retronauts, but really something that was on Retronauts. I just thought it was interesting that uh, Jesse Pinkman was made to talk about retro games by Eric, and we came up briefly. So that's the clip. Thanks again to Eric for sending it to me and talking about us on his show and uh, I'll let the clip play and we'll see you next time with a brand new full length episode of Retronauts. See you then. I mean the good thing about the Final Fantasy stories they have 
epic stories. Like they're so good, and the characters yeah. are, are so well developed, and they always have just this great story arc. Like yeah. there's, a, there's you know a really good beginning, a middle, and the end is always just like heartbreaking in a way. It is Hence why it's called yeah. Final Fantasy. Like yeah. every game doesn't really end on a yeah. hey. That Do was you know swell why note. it's called Final Fantasy? I just found out. Isn't that so great? It's uh, well, let's see if it's the same answer. Yeah. I was listening to our friends over at Retronauts who uh-huh. do the classic video game podcast. And they were talking about the first Final Fantasy, and apparently it was the last-ditch effort of the production company. They're like, this is just going to be the last game we put out, so it's going to be the Final Fantasy yeah. of what we're doing. So the oh, name wow. had nothing to do with the game. It, it was, was just, just like their last dream. They're like, you know what? Yeah, exactly. They're, this is our Final Fantasy. Right. That's and then and it, it just took off. Took off. Oh. 15 games later. Right. Um, Billion dollar franchise. Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty incredible. <laughs> that's, that's doing the blind Hail Mary, you know, throw. That's like, exactly. Oh, let's just see what it does. I mean, We're out of time. Like, oh my God, he caught it. They've We're sold, millionaires. I think, uh, 110 <laughs> or 115 million units. Yeah.